Hello and welcome to Super Great Kids Stories. Wise tales from storytellers around the world, which will make you laugh and sometimes cry. Recommended for ages 5 to 105. I'm Kim and I love stories. Hello, Super Great Kids. And how are you? I'm very pleased because we're busy organising two Super Great Kids Stories live events. The first is on April the 29th in Isha in Surrey in the UK. And the second is at a storytelling festival called Stealing Thunder in the Lake District in the UK on the weekend of June the 2nd to the 4th. Ooh, live storytelling, here we come. More details about that on our website, supergreatkidsstories.com. And for all our fans around the world, we've arranged to film our live show in April so that you can purchase it online and watch it from your homes wherever you live. The story this week is told by Baden Prince Jr. It's from the Caribbean and it's a trickster tale about a Nancy and Tiger. Before we hear the story, can you have a think about any other Anansi stories that you know while we have a quick word with the grown-ups? Ready? Off you go. And to the grown-ups, you might notice we're trying out some new adverts to help keep our show on the road. Please bear with us as we give this a go and see how it works. Hello, super great kids. I'm back. I wonder which Anansi stories you remembered. Did you remember Anansi and the tree with a face? Or Anansi and the party? And there's Anansi and the hot pepper soup and Anansi and the magic pot. And there's also Anansi and Mrs Chicken. Ah, so many good stories. I wonder which is your favourite. Are you ready for today's story? Let's give a warm welcome to Baden Prince Jr. Hello, super great kids. It's Baden again. And this time, I'm going to tell you an Anansi story. Some of you may know Anansi, the character Anansi, who sometimes appears in stories in the form of a spider, and sometimes he appears in the form of a man. Anansi is a bit of a trickster, a bit of a... A bit of a scamp, a bit naughty, Anansi, sometimes. Uh, but in this story, we're going to learn why the Anansi stories are called Anansi stories. You see, once upon a time, a long, long, long time ago, there were two separate kingdoms. There was the human kingdom, where the humans lived, and there was the animal kingdom, where the animals lived. And in the animal kingdom, Tiger reigned supreme. Tiger was lord and master over everything. In the evenings, the animals would gather down by the river when it was cool. And in the shade of evening, they would tell one another stories. And these stories were known as Tiger stories. 
Now, Snake, Snake was the leader of the cheering group of animals that would all hail Tiger. And Snake would say, Who is the biggest, the fiercest, the bravest and strongest of us all? And all the animals together would roar, Tiger! And Snake would say, That's right. When Tiger roars, the trees tremble and shake. And when Tiger whispers, the trees bow their heads and their branches and their leaves rustle in the wind to hear what Tiger's got to say. And then he would say, And who is the smallest and the weakest and the most foolish of us all? And all the animals would say together, Anansi! And then they laugh. <laughs> and Snake would say, That's right. When Anansi shouts, no one listens. And when he whispers, no one can hear what he says. And they would all laugh again. <laughs> well, one day, these two met in the middle of a large clearing in the middle of the forest. Biggest and strongest, tiger. Smallest and weakest, Anansi. Aha, said Anansi to Tiger. I'm so glad I've met you. There's something that I've been wanting to ask you. Yes, said Tiger, looking down at Anansi from a great height. What is it? Well, said Anansi, you know the stories that we tell down by the river in the cool of the evening. I would like those stories to be named after me. Because, Tiger, you've got everything. Look, that little butterfly thing fluttering over there, that's a tiger moth. And, and that flower growing over by the hedgerow, that, that's, that's a tiger lily. Everything's tiger. Tiger this, tiger that. I even hear that over in the human kingdom, there's a man who plays a funny game with a stick and a ball, and his name is Tiger Woods. Well, said Tiger. Where are you going with this, Anansi? Anansi said, I would just like one thing, Tiger, the one thing to be named after me. Please, please, Tiger, can I have the stories? Can the stories be called Anansi stories? Now, Tiger was very proud of his position and very proud and honoured that the stories were named after him. And he didn't really like Anansi. He looked down at this tiny little creature and thought, how dare you? But aloud, he said, yes, Anansi, you can have the stories. I will give them to you and they'll be named after you. Oh, Anansi was so happy. He started dancing with joy, not realizing Tiger was going to play a trick on him. And then Tiger said, uh, Anansi, just, just one little thing. Tiny, tiny little thing. I probably shouldn't even bother to mention it. But you're going to have to do something in order to earn the stories. Yes, said Anansi. You're so excited. Yes, what is it? Tell me anything. I'll do anything. Right, said Tiger. You must go and capture Snake and bring him to me alive. Well, all the birds in the trees stopped their twittering and chirping to hear what Anansi was going to say. 
all the frogs and the grasshoppers and the crickets who were chirping and chirruping in the grass and under the leaves stopped their noise to listen. What was Anansi going to say? Because you see, snake was the largest living creature in the forest. Snake was so large that if he entered the forest from one side, as his head was leaving the other side, his tail would just about be coming into the forest at the other end. That's how huge Snake was. How on earth was Anansi going to capture Snake? Was he going to say yes or was he going to say no? In the silence that followed, Anansi said yes. Well, the birds in the trees, the frogs, the grasshoppers, the crickets, they all burst out laughing. And Anansi went home with the sound of all those creatures' laughter ringing in his ears. But I'll tell you one thing about Anansi. He's small, but he's very, very clever and very determined. So the next morning, Anansi went out to the forest bright and early, and he dug a huge hole right in the middle of the clearing. And then he got grease, and he got oil, and he got butter, and he got Vaseline, and he went around the sides of that hole and coated it in all this slippery oil and butter and grease. And in the middle of the hole at the bottom, he placed a bunch of mangoes. Now you see, Anansi knew that Snake loved mangoes. So the plan was, Snake would come along, see the mangoes, dive down into the hole to eat them, and then when he tried to get out, because the sides were slippery, he would slip back down, and he tried to get out and slip back down, and he tried to get out and slip back down, and then when he got tired, Anansi would throw a rope around him, drag him out, and take him to Tiger. Now, do you think this is a good plan? We shall see. Snake came along, looked down into the hole and saw the mangoes. His eyes lit up and he was about to launch himself headlong in when he thought, hang on, that's actually a bit steep down there. I might have a few problems getting out. Just one second. So he wrapped his tail around the trunk of a nearby tree and then stretched down and he ate those juicy, delicious mangoes one by one. <laughs> he ate them all up and then pulled himself out by the tail and off he went. And Nancy's plan had failed. But do you think he gave up? No. Why? Because Anansi's very clever and he's very determined. So the next day, out he went to the forest again, bright and early in the morning. Uh, he had a huge net, which he went around fastening down the edges. And then he tied a rope at one end and he threw the rope over the branch of a tree, pulled it down and nailed it down tight. And then in the middle of the net, he placed some eggs because he knew that snake loved eggs. And then he covered the hole up with leaves to hide it. And he hid behind the tree with one hand on the rope and he waited. You see, the plan was snake would come along, see the eggs, gobble them all up 
And when he was full, Nancy would simply slip the rope out. The net would close up around Snake. He'd pull him up, have him captured, hanging over the branch of the tree. And then he'd take him to Tiger. Now this was a brilliant plan. Did it work? We'll see. So along came Snake through the forest, along the path, saw the eggs, and immediately made a beeline for them, gobbled them up one at a time. And Nancy waited until the moment was right, and then he flipped the rope, pulled the net, and nothing happened. Snake was so large and so heavy that the net simply couldn't lift up. And Nancy tried as hard as he could, but he just could not pull up that net with Snake inside it. And Nancy's clever plan had failed again. But do you think he gave up? Well, actually, this time he did. He went home and he paced up and down all night and come the early morning, he couldn't come up with another plan. So he headed off to Tiger's house to tell him that he'd failed. Now, the walk to Tiger's house took him past Snake's house, and the sun was just coming up, and Snake was just coming out of his house to warm himself in the rays of the early morning sun. Good morning, Snake, said Anansi as he walked past. Good morning, Snake. Good morning, Snake. How dare you? You have the nerve to tell me good morning? And he came a little bit further out of his house until he was standing right in front of Anansi, his jaws wide open, and Anansi could see his long, sharp teeth. And Snake said, yes, Anansi, you think I don't know what you've been up to? The day before yesterday, you dug a big hole and you put slippery stuff all around the side to try and catch me. But you didn't. And then yesterday, you had a net covered with leaves and you put eggs in the middle and a rope at the end and you were trying to trap me in the net. And by now, Snake's head was right over Nancy, and Nancy could smell his hot breath, and he was terrified, and Snake shouted at him, Tell me what you're trying to do, Nancy, otherwise I'm going to crush your head. Well, well, and Nancy was shaking and trembling, but he said, Well, Snake, you're right. I, I, I've been trying to catch you. Yes, you're right. But it's not my fault. It's Tiger's fault, you see. Me and Tiger were talking the other day, and Tiger said to me, that bamboo tree over there at the end of the forest is the tallest, the largest thing in the forest. And since a tree is a living thing, therefore it's the bamboo tree that's the largest living thing, not you, Snake. That's what Tiger said. So I was just trying to take you, to measure you against the bamboo tree and prove to Tiger that he was wrong. Now, Snake was very proud of his reputation of being the largest living thing in the forest. And Snake was furious. This is nonsense, he said. Anansi, go cut down that bamboo tree, bring it over here, lie it on the ground. 
I lie down next to it, and I'll show you that I'm taller than that bamboo. Right, said Anansi, and off he went, scuttled away, brought the bamboo tree over, stripped off the leaves, and he went down to one end of the bamboo. Snake was at the other end, and he said, Come on, snake, now let's draw yourself along, and we'll see. We'll prove this tiger wrong once and for all. And snake slithered along, but when he got about halfway, Anansi said, Wait a minute, hold on a minute. I can't see your tail from here. So for all I know, maybe you're only ha You stay there. And Anansi got a piece of rope and he ran down to the other end of the bamboo tree and he said to Snake, bring your tail up against the end of the bamboo. Right, that's it. And he tied Snake's tail to the far end of the bamboo. And then he ran all the way back down to the other end. He said, okay, now Snake, come on, stretch. Stretch, snake, stretch. Stretch, snake, stretch. And snake stretched and pushed himself along and his midriff was just past the middle of the bamboo and his head was heading towards the top of the bamboo, but his muscles around his midriff were a bit soft and he started slipping back. Don't worry, said Anansi. I've got your back. I want to prove this tiger wrong as much as you. Stay there. And he got another bit of rope and he ran down towards the middle of the bamboo, and he tied Snake's midriff, his belly, to the middle of the bamboo. And then he ran back down to the end. He said, come on, Snake, one last push. Stretch, Snake, stretch. Stretch, Snake, stretch. Come on, stretch, Snake, stretch. And Snake pushed with all his might, and just as his head slipped past the end of the bamboo, and he went, there, you see? I'm taller than the bamboo. And Nancy jumped on him, tied his head to the top of the bamboo tree, and suddenly there was Mighty Snake, tied, tail, middle, and head to the bamboo. And Nancy had tricked him and outsmarted him. He picked up the bamboo with Snake tied to it, put it on his shoulder, and he walked, or rather he staggered, all the way to Tiger's house. He knocked on Tiger's door. Tiger came out and Nancy pointed to Snake, lying there on the veranda. Well, 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 said Tiger. You really are a clever little fellow, aren't you, Anansi? Anansi bowed his head and Tiger said, You've proved that you deserve to have the stories named after you. So from this day on, the stories that we tell down by the cool of the river in the evening, they will no longer be known as tiger stories. They'll be called Anansi stories. Ah, thank you, Baden. Good old Anansi. He's not very big. And he's not very strong, but he usually outwits everyone and gets what he wants in the end. Thank you for listening. Now, to dig deep into my bag of happies and say hello and thank you to some of you who've been supporting our podcast. <laughs> and hello to new outlet and subscriber Jack, who is seven from Atlanta, Georgia in the US. I'm so pleased you enjoy listening with your whole family, Jack. 
and thank you for your lovely picture of Baba Yaga, the Russian witch. And to new owlet Fia from Glen Gariff in Ireland. Fia is nearly five and loves to listen to our stories in the bath. Happy days and welcome to the club, Fia. Hope you're enjoying the owlet letters, word puzzles and, of course, the stories. And to new owlet Iris, who is five, from San Francisco in the US. Welcome to the story nest, Iris. And a super great thank you to Kofi donor Chloe, who is eight and lives near Montpellier in the south of France. One of Chloe's favourite stories is why crocodiles sleep with their mouths open. And she sent us a brilliant picture of Crocky Wocky lying on his back in the school pond with his mouth open, hoping some chocolate will just come along and drop into his mouth. Snip, snap, snout, that story is out. And thanks to all of you who've sent us pictures of your favourite stories to post on our Facebook page. We had a lovely picture of the Indian story, The Snake and the Holy Man, sent in by Addy, who is six, from Clayton in North Carolina in the US. And lots of you enjoyed drawing pictures of the elephant and the gardener story. Seven-year-old Ezra sent in a great picture of the elephant, which has a whole string of people wiggling in a curvy line behind him. Really good, Ezra. Thanks for sharing this. Don't you worry about your little sister wanting to join in with her efforts. We can see your picture just fine. And Sophia, who is eight and living in Cebu in the Philippines, has drawn two very accomplished pictures, one of the elephant and the gardener and the other of the Persian version of Rapunzel, Gulbahar. Thank you, Sophia. And... Thanks to Sersha, who loved the Jewish story of the fox and the foolish fishes. She liked it so much that she dressed up as a fox for World Book Day. And since she couldn't find a book of the story, well, she made her own book to take in. Very enterprising, Sersha. Well done. And six-year-old Isis has sent us a beautiful and imaginative painting of the story from Guyana, Water Mama. Just lovely, Isis. What a talent. And Tony, who is six, has drawn an animated picture of the Irish story, Molly and the Leprechaun. Molly is chatting away to the leprechaun, who is perched on a toadstool and is singing. Really fun, Tony. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you all for your pictures. More next week. If you'd like to see these drawings, they're all on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash supergreatkidsstories. Quite inspiring. That's all for now. Do come and see our show if you're anywhere near Surrey. It's not far from London, half an hour on the train. In the meantime, keep telling your stories and singing your songs. See you soon. This story was recorded at Wardour Studios in London.